welcome back to another episode of the Strong Family Project Podcast. I'm joined with Mel. I am co-host Joe Mel. Today's going to be another attempt at a 10-minute Tuesday. We've got two of them down in about the 10-minute time frame where we're trying to focus on one topic for you and so you can leave with a short and actionable tip. Yes, one of them on rewards and celebrations went a half hour. <laughs> but I'm going to mediate my discussion now. In reality, there's this podcast marketing trick where people do like really short episodes and a bunch of them in a row, they're like five minutes. So their view count gets higher because they consume more episodes, they get more episodes downloaded, even though it's a total of like 10 minutes. And we're not here to play that game. Like if we have something to talk about, we'll talk about it, whether it helps our overall views or not. Not that interested. We want to help families in a, a more deep way. So we want to go deeper, not wider with tips and tricks on things. So apologies in advance if we go a little bit over. With that being said, Mel, let's go. Welcome back to the Strong Family Project podcast, where we guide you on the path to raising confident, independent, and resilient children in a strong family environment. Real quick rule of the show is if we provide you value, please reciprocate by sharing the show with someone that it can help. We want to help more people. And we need you to introduce us to those people. So share it with us on social media, via text, via messenger, whatever. Really appreciate it. If you have any questions for us to specifically answer in the show, you can visit us at strongfamilyproject.com. Submit your questions there or as a YouTube comment. We've been monitoring those pretty good or via Instagram, official strong family co. I will try to put those in the show notes for you. Mel, let's get going with today's topic on communication skills. Okay, so we're going to share today one very specific skill. And to go back to our podcast about different relationships within the family, that could be the parents, parent to parent, parent to child, sibling to sibling, or the individual. This strategy can be used for all of those, kind of not the individual, but I just want to make sure you understand that this can be used for the adults and the children and together, even as a whole family. So we call it well, actually, someone taught us it. It's called You Have the Floor. I was going to mention that. I was just writing a page in our in our Family Magic book that will be coming out sometime. And this is one of the things that was actually taught to us before we got married. Because there was very few skills that we were provided with before and when we were married. A lot of it was just kind of figured out on our own. But this was actually taught in our pre k class. We met with another couple that had a bunch of kids. I don't remember how many. Like seven, I think. Six or the, seven. The yeah, Brackens. seven. Yeah, Christine and Bill Bracken. Yeah, Show. awesome couple. And they gave us this tactic of how they communicate with so many people in their household. And if it works for them with that many kids, it will work for most of us. I mean, I still remember sitting in their house and learning this. That's how impactful it's been for us as a couple and with our kids. So it's called You Have the Floor. They literally gave us a piece of floor. And we had some hot topics that we were supposed to cover. Yeah, and and I think it was like a rug sample from yeah, the store. But exactly. It was like a little piece of flooring. Sometimes something tangible, especially if you're the one speaking, you kind of know who's going to be, whose turn it is to talk. But the way it works is the first, so you have a topic and issues come up or whatever. And this can be if there's a problem or if you just have a discussion topic. Person holding the floor gets to speak first. And they get to explain their perspective, whatever, their, whatever, they, whatever happened from their point of view. And then person B will then say back what they heard. So normally, a lot of times in conversations, someone is speaking and the other person or people are oftentimes not really hearing what the other person is saying. They're simply thinking of their rebuttal, what they want to say back. 
So the, the goal of this skill is truly to become a better listener. So the first person says their piece, the second person then repeats it back, and then, per and then the first person gets the opportunity to make any kind of clarifications. So if, if I said my piece and the person says, well, here's what I heard, and then you can go back and say, well, that's not really what I meant. I'd like to clarify this. So person A really gets a chance to explain where their head's at and make sure that they are understood and heard and heard by person B before the second person gets to speak their mind. So what I'm hearing is you want to help people with their communication skills by using a tangible item like a piece of floor where that person holding it gets to speak until they're done speaking so they don't have to worry about being cut off and then pass it to person B who then says back what how they understood person A yes. to make sure there's no communication issue. Correct. Because I, I think we all understand that did whenever... Did you see what I just did there? <laughs> you didn't get it. No, I You're guess person I didn't. A. Okay, go ahead. So I guess I should be maybe... Maybe I should have brought a piece of floor. <laughs> but now I forgot what I was going to say. My apologies. Okay. I'll That's okay. I'll keep going on it then because <laughs> here's the skill it teaches. It teaches you empathy during your communication versus just saying your piece is a rebuttal. When you say what you think the other person's understanding, you have to put yourself through their words to condense what they said and read it back to them essentially. It helps your listening skills. It helps your empathy because you have to actually listen, internalize it, and tell it back to them versus just spout whatever's on your mind. Right. Just because you're going to be repeating what they said doesn't mean you have to be in agreement with them. It's simply that person has to feel understood and heard. And I think... I think I, if, I, if you just took that first idea and went out into your day and kind of thought about it while you were having conversations, yesterday we went to like a dinner party and somebody was talking to me about a hike they had done and they lived near the Flatirons in Boulder. And it was so interesting to hear and I love hearing where people, what people are doing outside, but I could tell in my mind all I wanted to do was say, I've hiked the Flatirons. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's what was in my head and I was almost waiting for her to stop talking so I could say what I wanted to say but I realized that it was not allowing me to truly hear what she was hearing. So I think if you just bring awareness to what's going on in your mind, and a lot of times this is very evident with, with kids when they get into arguments, they're just busy trying to say their piece. So once we do that first part, then when both people, or if there's more than one, have all been heard and understood, then you can start the process of problem solving or finding a compromise. And we did do this, we've done with this with our kids several times. And this is an argument going on, or if I notice there's more bickering going on, let's have a seat and let's talk about it. Let's see what's going on, because sometimes it's not even what you thought it was. In our last episode about <clears throat> worrying, you have to identify what the real problem is. I might have my assumption about what the problem is. Person B might have their assumption. We might both be wrong. So until we allow ourselves to say what we think, be heard, and then move on from that, this can be really powerful. I, I agree this is an awesome practical tip for you to try with your family, especially if you have issues where people talk over each other. If you have issues where people often misunderstand, which is super common, had those issues. I've created those issues. Mm -hmm. They're very common. And also, I have an issue where I, I feel like I'm going to be cut off before I can finish my thought because sometimes I speak a little bit slower. and Sometimes I want to pause to taste the words before I send them out of my mouth. And you hear that in the podcast or sometimes a little pause and I'm thinking, you know what? I want to make sure I execute the next sentence well. 
and someone else might just be a fast talker and jump right in and, and try to cut me off because I, like, I get nervous about that because it's happened. And so then when they say what they, I just go right back to where I was and I continue my thought to get the point like, Hey, we have to have full communication and this talking over each other creates lack of clarity, which creates a lot of issues. So let's pause and let people finish their thoughts. And this is a great way to teach that in your family before they go in the world and have these issues going on. It does take some reflection and some patience. Sometimes you have to take a deep breath and just kind of tell yourself what I need to say can wait. And I have a little phrase that could be really helpful. So I love the phrase. I learned this back when I was a counselor. Help me understand. Help me understand why you feel that way. Help me understand what happened at the playground today. Help me understand why you, you two are fighting right now. So help me understand, I think is a really powerful phrase to get someone to explain where they're at. So help me understand. It's been really helpful in our family. Great episode to watch along with this one. They're only about seven minutes in now is the relationship capital one on deciding whether it's worth the disagreement other than just trying to prove someone wrong. Like, is it? Yes, help me understand is a great place to start. And the other place is, is it worth me dragging my feet to make this other person feel not understood? And usually it's not. Usually it's just a, a like Mel mentioned, this inherent way that we just like to speak and try to shift the conversation to a little bit of social currency that we have. Like, oh, you've gone to this place. I've gone to this place too. Instead of asking them questions about that place and their experience. And, and a little sub note to that is if you, if this conversation, if this communications tactic is something you're going to try and it's not going well, sometimes if emotions are too high, you might have to step away a little bit. I mean, you might have to just say, you know, let's give it five minutes and then we'll come back, but you have to make sure you come back, especially with kids, you know? So I think that's important to understand if it's not going well, it might simply be, Hey, you know, right now where the emotions are too strong, let's give it a rest for a few minutes and then we'll come back and try again. Yeah, and you can try to work through it a little bit more each time by saying something like, I feel like this is bringing out a lot of emotions in you. Can you help me understand why this is emotional topic? And then they can start using a little bit of logic to explain their emotions and to help versus always just pulling the ripcord and jumping out of the situation, trying to work your way back in. You can go a little bit further each time with good questions. And that, what made me think about this is we do the family meeting, which is part of our path. And if this is a new skill for you, it might be really fun to just pick any given topic. It doesn't have to be a problem. It could simply be, where's the, your favorite place to go on vacation, let's say. And then have a little piece of flooring or something tangible and go around the table during your family meeting and each person gets to explain themselves and everybody else has to kind of become aware of what's going on in their mind and make sure that they're listening. So it could be fun to practice it in like a very non-emotional topic. Sure. And this is a skill that, yes, you don't have a, a physical piece of floor you walk around with in the real world. <laughs> but Mel's seen me do different negotiations with, with people. And there's some instances where someone will get like so invested in what they think is right that sometimes I'll just say like, I don't think we're going to come to terms with this because I, I can't prove 100% what I'm saying. can't prove 100% what you're saying. And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. So we're going to have to either find a different solution or way out of it but versus just like, hey, let's spin our tires on this one thing. Like, hey, I don't think we're going to be able to solve this one thing. Let's work on this other thing instead. That's a good point. There's not always like a perfect solution anyway. But I think the goal here truly is learning how to 
be a better listener and make sure you're understood as well. You don't want to walk away from something and feel like you really didn't, you weren't heard. That's really tough to do. And I think the earlier in life that these communication skills are learned, the better off for our kids. It's funny to me how communication used to get such a bad rap because if you watched like a college football game, like every football player would they get this stigma like, oh, they're just studying communications. <laughs> like it wasn't a big thing. But communication skills themselves are absolutely critical. And somehow they got devalued. I don't know how it's taught in the university. I didn't study communication specifically if it's for journalism or whatever it is. However, these skills can make or break a lot of your days. And we can talk communications forever, including over communications. What should be communicated about? When do you give people time to communicate with you? Like at the family dinners, I'm often frustrated that people communicate with me outside of the time where I can really focus on their communications. And they view that as me being rude or whatever. And I got to navigate that situation. Like, Hey, I have this one hour where I can give full focus attention on doing that. I have these 30 minutes where I can sit down and do this focused podcast. And so if someone tried to communicate with me right now, I wouldn't get back to them because this is my focus. And when I'm in a room speaking to them, I'm not focused on this podcast. And so people who have a lot of time want a lot of communications. It'll fill up the space you allow it. And so it is a skill to start working on. This is one way to start working on it, but really we could talk about a lot of different other ways. But for a 10 minute Tuesday, I think we did pretty good. Mal, give your final thoughts. My one final caveat, these communication skills are best learned in person. Mm. I, I think this is like a theme for me. I, it drives me crazy when people try to solve problems via text or even email or whatever. I think it's best to, to learn this skill in person. To just keep that in mind. It's very, very difficult. As I'm sure everybody has done before, someone sends you a message and you read into it and you make assumptions and it's very hard to clarify when it's just words on a screen. So let's, I think it's really great to focus on teaching kids how to communicate in person, in someone's face, look them in the eye. We're passing this technique on to you now. You have the floor. Take it, communicate with your family. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Strong family project podcast visit us at strongfamilyproject.com where you can download the full path for free check out the other episodes that'll help you out as well thank you for listening